They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. anybody listens to this fucking show i'm your host as always juan and we meet again jeffrey what's up dude what's up my man how you doing just hanging i just woke up from a nap dude oh did you <laughs> getting you fresh out of the the nap state i hate waking up because i wake up disoriented the other oh, the other day i was napping my wife came into the room and i asked her if she had cut the grass and if she had <laughs> if she had trip the grass sensor i was like hey did you cut the grass and she's like what are you talking about and i was like i kept asking her, did you trip the the grass sensor and she's like dude what? <laughs> i'm just did so so out of it dude where do you before there you go we can start talking about that oh before we get started let people know where they can find your podcast your social media links and all that stuff that way they can look your shit up uh they can find me personally everywhere at Hey Jeffrey Davis and find my podcast, The Functionally Dysfunctional Show, everywhere at Funk Dysfunk Show, F-U-N-C, Funk Dysfunk Show. And yeah, that's that's where I can be found. Nice. Streamline awesome. that shit a little bit since last time. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you want to see how to ruin a podcast episode on there with Gnosticism, check out the episode that I did. With the, what was it, 50, 50, what, 52, 53? 52 or 3. Give me two seconds and I'll be able to tell you exactly. But yeah, 52 or 3. It was, and no, it was not fucking ruined. Are you fucking kidding me, man? That wasn't ruining anything. It was a great conversation. It was, it, was, it goes 52. off the deep end, dude. When you, when you talk to people about that sort of thing, it just, it, it's crazy. But it, it, yeah. it goes back way further than just them you know what i mean it, yeah. it goes back to plato and then from plato to pythagoras from pythagoras to the ancient mystery schools of egypt right? right so and what i meant to say was where do you think do you 
subscribe to the idea that when we're when we're asleep, because I love the Edemic Dream mm-hmm. concept. I, I hadn't learned about that until I, I had talked to you that I had you on the the first time on the episode on the show, the Edemic Dream where we are some dream created by Adam who's fallen asleep somewhere in the is it in the Garden of Eden where he falls asleep. I don't know. That's a good question. I, I, I don't have the answer to that that question. Um, and that's funny. You mentioned it. I've never really thought about it as being the Adam being the one that's doing the dreaming, which is what you just said, whether you meant it that way or not. But uh, I've never I've never thought about it like that going on. Oh, is it Adam's dream? Wait, is so it- is it not Adam? Because I thought it, the Edemic dream, that's what I thought it was. What the it was all about. The dream would be that that Ha Adam, hu- the the humanity. Oh, so the the, the human fell asleep. Yeah, oh, the humanity shit. is asleep and not in the Matrix, right? Um, yeah. But speaking of of things I never thought of that you hear every day, just yesterday I heard I was listening to this video and this guy was talking about some stuff that I'm still processing, and that's the way my mind works. By the way, like. I don't just hear some cool shit and go, oh, that's my jam. That's my shit. You know, I, I go, wow, hmm, haven't thought about that. Interesting. Let me mull it over. Let me do some more thought and study and, and see you know, what it's about. I'm not going to just necessarily adopt it, which I think a lot of people assume when you entertain an idea that people, I think, assume that, oh, well, that's your new paradigm. And because yeah. I don't know why people assume that, but I think that most people do. Anyway, just yesterday I came across this, this I was watching this video, and this guy goes, um, he's talking about, about consciousness and, and all kinds uh, of things. On that thought before you move on, Go ahead. I forgot who it was, what philosopher or, or historic person that I, I think it might have been Socrates or somebody. So that that is a, it's the symbol of a wise man to be able to discuss certain ideas without accepting them, uh-huh. and we live in this society where, like you said, as soon as you talk about a certain idea, you automatically believe it. Like yeah, I told you earlier, be- before we started, I talked about some something on YouTube. I posted one of the clips, and somebody was like, "Oh well, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior because he's the yep. one." I'm like, I'm just portraying an idea just, you know what i just mean just talking here buddy so yeah i'm sorry go ahead i think it, no, it might no, have been no. socrates no oh shit yeah i can't can't argue with that but so the guy goes so he's talking about human beings and, and he goes human noun beings verb and i went hold on a second and i thought about it i went human we call noun. ourselves human beings but is that wrong are we humans being <laughs> right and i was like Listen, holy dude. shit never thought about it like that i didn't want to i didn't want to have to do this but i guess this is the way the universe works but <laughs> i'm gonna have to break out some of the pythagorean the pythagorean thought and do it it's got to do with that so i'm just gonna like I'm just gonna lightly touch on it okay i'm just gonna lightly touch on it so pythagoras right which he was the one that arguably you can accredit the word philosopher to because before him they were known as sages but a sage is a person who knows the knowledge a philosopher is a person who is seeking the knowledge right so you can't have the knowledge without seeking it okay the wisdom so to touch on on that because i think i think it falls in line with what you're trying to get at to the pythagoreans 
the idea of the one, the source, God. Okay. They called that monad. And that is the the symbol for that is is because every and it's not numerology the way that they did it right and it gets very weird right as all these occult <laughs> people do right it gets very weird but monad to them was the source the one and it's a dot right a dot is it, it's it's perfect okay and to this this also represented identity right. Any fundamental singular metaphysical entity is the monad. And he okay. goes on to say, our own identity is our own monad. The identity in things representing themselves. Hmm. Okay. So, like you said, is, is, what was it? Are we human beings? Uh, I think we talked about that last time on, on, on the episode we did. Are, are we Humans have, or are we, uh, what's, what is it that they say? Like we're God's having a human experience, right? That's the whole thing about the divine spark with the Gnostics where Hmm. we are God's having this experience. And I was talking to a buddy of mine who it always blows his mind that I can recall all these things, right? Like the, the history and, and. Because I've always been fascinated with the with with history, right? Social studies was always my favorite subject Me too. in school, Me and too. I don't know what it is that I can click and recall something because I've listened to so many hours of podcasts <laughs> and so many hours of of lectures, and I can recall. Because again, when you enjoy something, right, your mind is all there, right? You can recall things better, and I think that's what it is for me that I enjoy this. And I told them, and I said. Even though, dude, this is what all these guys back then were trying to do. They were trying to understand the reality of things. Right. The reality of the universe. The reality of everything. Right. And me, myself, knowing all the things that I know about history, I still can't tell you what that reality of things are. Gotcha. These guys back then, they took it a step further. They did shit that was questionable. Right. And and by that, I mean the occult arts of of summon summoning certain things and channeling certain things, mm-hmm. which a lot of these ancient books that we have could arguably said that they were channeled like Aleister Crowley, for example, a lot of the books that he wrote were channeled through what beings from other realities, other realms. Right. And when I listen to Manly P hall speak, it is the most amazing thing that he was able to recall. And he, dude, he was doing lectures until he was like 80 something years old. Right. Really? Yeah. And if you watch him, it's a, it's a weird thing because he was a 33 degree Freemason. Right. Ooh. So he was up there with them. There's an episode. Yeah. He was up there with them. Right. What was all that about? What was, are they truly about finding God? Right. Who is God? Who, who even is God? Who is this architect of the universe, right? Oh man. And right. So yeah, it's crazy, right? So when you hear him talk, it's almost like he's in this trans-like state. Almost like he is channeling some sort of knowledge because dude, he'll talk for three hours without a fucking single note, without a really? single like stuttering or nothing, bro. He'll be like, he'll just talk like perfectly. And I go, holy shit. 
And and for Manly P. Hall, there's dude, I have eight gigabytes of of material from him. Right. No so shit. it's just hours and hours of lectures of just esoteric and occult subjects that again, I'm pretty sure somewhere in the Bible it says be you know, be re- weary ab- about people who speak this sort of knowledge, but you know, I just I can't get behind it all because even the people behind the church, they did some they do and, and did some nefarious shit. So who oh. can you really trust, bro? <laughs> you know what I'm talking. You know what I yeah. mean. Like I want to be like, okay, well, you know, I, I was on the. I forgot where I was. It, I, it was on the subject of King James, right? Okay. Another questionable figure of the the movement oh, yeah. for the Christians. Let's let's let we can't we can't look past the facts that King James. The whole reason we have a King James version of the Bible was because he broke off from the crown, right? He wanted to have his, he wanted, the reason he broke off from the crown was because he wanted to marry somebody else and he knew the Pope wouldn't approve of his divorce. So he said, fuck it, broke away anyways, right? So they could annul that marriage Mm. and his people, they needed a version of the Bible. So Mm. this is where the King James version of the Bible came from. Right. Along from all these other along the, with these other versions of the Bible. Right. That we can talk about. <laughs> and one of the things that gets me when it comes to King James was supposedly he was gay. He liked men. Really? Yes. There, there's 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 rumors. Never heard that. But I mean, most people in you know, most monarchs ha- have at least. Enjoyed the company of men, as it were, <laughs> right? I mean, or I mean, that's just that's throughout history. That's yeah. That's been the so way it's been supposedly, for some reason. he was swinging that way. Okay, he liked men. Supposedly, there's also the rumors of Francis Bacon, who some say he was William Shakespeare, was also a sodomite, took it in the ass. Supposedly, he edited the final versions of the Bible, but. There are other questionable things that he wrote. He was part of these. The thing that gets me about King James was he was part of these witch trials. And in this time. He. Wrote a book about demonology. And it's called Demonologia, right? I think it's it's supposed to. Uh, I forgot what, what King what? James did. King James. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Really? King James. Yes, sir. I didn't know that. That's yes. interesting. So and. Interestingly enough, in that book, right? I think it was in the 1593 or some shit like that. Wow. He talks on it and let me pull it up so I can, so I can, so I can talk about it. the same way I am. I don't like speaking about something unless it's like misquoting if I don't have it right in front of me. I'm sorry. Daemonology. Daemon. And you know, a daemon is either good or evil. It's a loaded Greek term. So... Oftentimes the source of inspiration. Yeah. As much Daemono- as torment. Daemonology in form of a dialogue divided into three books by the high and mighty Prince James. Okay. Published in 1597 by King James the Sixth of Scotland. Okay. Later also James the First of England. Okay. When he broke away right. from Scotland. Okay. Right. As a philosophical dissertion on contemporary necromancy and the historical relationship between the various methods of divination used from 
ancient black magic. Sounds a whole lot like Solomon. Interesting, right? (laughs) It was reprinted again in 1603 when James took the throne of England. Okay. So I was like, okay, that's kind of weird because the stance that he takes in this was almost like an apologetic stance, almost like a sympathetic stance for the witches that were being burned because he was witnessing these these trials. Okay. And he wrote this in, in turn. So I was like, okay, whatever. Check this out. This book is believed to be one of the main sources used by William Shakespeare in the production of Macbeth. No shit. Shakespeare attributed many quotes and rituals found within the book directly to the Weird Sisters. Yet also attributed the Scottish themes and setting reference from the trials in which King James was involved. Mm. So I was like, okay, that was, that, that's weird. So in this book, this included a study on demonology and the methods demons use to bother troubled men. It also touches on subjects such as werewolves and vampires. No shit. It was a political yet theological statement to educate and miss to educate a misinformed populace on the history, practices, and implications of sorcery and the reason for persecuting a witch in a Christian society under the rule of canonical law. So he wrote this book to talk to people and educate them on these practices. Why does it matter, bro? What's the book called? Uh, Daemonology. So... Just like that, demonology, but mm-hmm. at the end, it's I-E. And uh, it was uh, uh, first published in 1597. And mind you, this is the King James from the Bible, the King James Version, okay? Mm-hmm. But it gets a little weirder, Jeffrey, okay? Because, you know, when we this is just the tip, right? Oh, it's just a tip. Once you start digging deeper, you go, okay. And this is why I tell people, you need to understand a lot of the things that we use today... We don't know about. You don't know. Okay. Mm. So maybe the original magician or sorcerer, or whoever it was, he had a certain intention with it. And maybe you are carrying some of that intention for him mm. after the fact. We're talking about something that was printed in the 1600s. Okay. The, the King James Version Bible. Right. So he inspired... Shakespeare, which is a questionable figure in history who some talk about he didn't didn't even exist. So let's oh, really? let, let's let's keep going down. One of the things that really <laughs> caught my eye, right? One of the things that really caught my eye, because these are three separate books. Book one, the argument of the first book is on the following topics. The division of various magical arts with a, compre- a comparison between necromancy and witchcraft. The use of charms, circles, and conjurations. The division of astrology. The devil's contract with man. Comparisons between the miracles of God and the devil. The purpose of these practices to advise people. That's book one, dude. That's that's some deep shit right there. Right. I'll tell you what. That's some deep shit. Oh, I'm going to fucking order these books. Book two. The main argument of the second book is based on the following topics regarding the sorcery and witchcraft. The difference between biblical proof and imagination or myth. A description of sorcery and its comparison with witchcraft. The path of a sorcerer's apprenticeship. Mind you, this is the guy who authorized 
the King James Version of the Bible. Curses and the roles of Satan, the appearance of devils, the times and forms which they appear, the division of which of witch actions, so like witches, methods of transportations, and the illusions of Satan. It's pretty weird. But the one that really struck me, dude, the one that really struck me. Book three. The third book is the conclusion of the whole dialogue. So I guess mm. it's a dialogue between two people, almost like like Plato, when he would fucking come up with an idea, he would do it in the forms of, of, of dialogue between two people. And the third book, James says that demons are under the direct supervision of God and are unable to act without God's permission. Okay. And he shows how God uses demonic forces as a rod, quote unquote, rod of correction when men, when men stray from his will. Demons may also be commissioned by witches or magicians to conduct acts of ill will against others. He quotes previous authors who state that each devil has the ability to appear in diverse shapes or forms for varying purposes. Ultimately, the works of demons, despite their attempts to do otherwise, will end in the further glorification of God. Hmm. Bruh. Man. Fuck, dude. How, tell me, how can we deny this? How can we deny this? Dude, this is history. This is not conspiracy. This is history. This is a book written by the man who authorized the English translation of the Bible in his time. And it is one of the versions of the Bible that we revere today. Okay. How can yeah. we ignore this? What is the purpose of this? What did we, tell me? And was he a magician? Did he know about all these things? How did he, how was he able to write these things? to inspire one of the one of the biggest arguably one of the biggest contributors to the English language was was which was William Shakespeare okay mm -hmm. we can we can talk about his influence on the English language right so tell me what the purpose of this was so James provided a description of all the kinds of spirits and specters that trouble men or women his classifications of demons is not based on separate demonic entities with their names, ranks, or titles. Instead, demonic entities are categorized according to the methods that they are used to inflict mischief or torment on a living individual or deceased corpse. The four categories, specter, obsession, possession, and fairies. Bro. So, uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> where do where do we take this, Jeffrey? Where do where do where do you want to go well, with it? Because I can fucking so, go on. See, see, that's that's me. I can I can go forever down down that rabbit hole, right? I mean, my my mind keeps going back to, and I'm looking it up right now. My mind keeps going back to to Solomon, and I think I believe for you as a Gnostic, I believe Solomon. Solomonic magic, I think, is is something you're aware of and familiar with, correct? Yes. Um, so you know, Solomon wasn't I'm looking for it. Uh, do you know why the Rastafarians regard weed in such a high manner? <laughs> no, why? Because they they um, this is this history. Weed was growing on the tomb of Solomon, the wisest man in the world. Really? In, in the in the history of man, right? What was the whole thing with King Solomon? It's King Solomon when when he spoke to God, he didn't ask him for riches. He said, I want the knowledge of, of everything, right. of, of animals, of nature. 
I want wisdom, right? So what did God do? God blessed him with the wisdom of everything, right? And depending on which timeline of, of King Solomon you want to go down, he had, what, 10,000 concubines and wives, right? And this was a man that, that people would travel from the edges of the, uh, of the world to come see him talk because he had all the wisdom in the world. And a lot of his concubines were pagans, right? Mm-hmm. And they would try and coerce him and talk to him into worshiping who? Moloch. Mm-hmm. Okay. They said, hey, just leave, just leave a locust, you know, on, on, on the altar of Moloch. And he always said no. Right? And two, eventually he did and gave an offering to Moloch. What does it say in the Bible? Don't offer your kids up to Moloch. Moloch is the the demon or the the god of child sacrifice. So Always eventually, he, yes, eventually he did, right? Eventually he did. And they say that he was replaced hmm. on the throne with a demon who odored through using jinn, right. demons. I was just fixing to go there. Yeah, the, right. You. The building of the temple yep. of Jerusalem. Okay. And and, and, and yeah, yeah, this is extra canonical as the official so, word, right? I want to get oh, into you, the next thing before we get there. Okay. No, they yeah, say they say <laughs> they say that Metatron dropped Solomon Solomon the, the, the stone that Solomon used on his ring to be able to what? To control you, you demons. wear the seal. Okay. Right. They also say Metatron was the 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 angel that that held back Abraham's hand before he killed his son. Yeah. Okay. Metatron was who Enoch, the the only man to have not died but be taken up to to God. Right. So, oh, Metatron supposedly the 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 quote unquote angel that that took Enoch away. No, no, he becomes Metatron. Enoch becomes Metatron. Oh. Huh. Yes. And and, and and so at the end of the book of Enoch, he be, he becomes Metatron, and he's almost like this, like this architect that holds reality together. I read that. Do what? It's been a long time since I read the book of Enoch. A long time. I forgot well, that. There's there's three versions of it. The second two are questionable in origins, but the first one. Is supposedly hmm. legitimate, right? Which, which all these scriptures are, are right. And so that that's the funny the part. And people listening may go, "Well, you know, the only thing that that are that is real is 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 the Bible as we know it." And I go, "Well, I mean, who the fuck do you think said that shit was real and the truth? <laughs> it, it sure as shit wasn't a deity. It was a bunch of men." Yeah, sitting around a table saying, "What narrative do we want to present?" It was funny. Because I was I was listening to somebody the other day, and they're like, "I think it, it might have been the last podcast on the left where they were like, oh, yeah,' and, th- and they were talking about something like, yeah, in this canon, the, 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 uh, this didn't happen or something.' And I thought that was the funniest fucking thing because I was like, you know, because I think about about that in theology, like in this mm-hmm. canon, you know, for the Ethiopians, the Book oh, of God. Enoch is in their canon." Yep. Okay, it's a canonical text. And in the King James Version, there are references to the book of Enoch, but Enoch is not regarded as a canon. 
right? Not in the Christian Bible. It's too fucking weird, right? You there's too much you can't explain. And we can get into, you know, the way you view the Bible and the error of looking at it from a Western mindset as a history book or as a as a book of guidelines or as a guidebook for life. And there's all kinds of flaws in those things, right? And but but going not to get too far back too far moved from the question you asked, but going where do you want to go with this episode from here it is <laughs> everywhere. Right. I, <laughs> Every it's not where do I want to go, it's it's where do we have the time to go in this one episode. I think I think that's a very heavy introduction. And I think yeah. that's that's something that people aren't willing to accept. And and that's why people such as the person who commented on my YouTube video Oh, you know, God is the, is the, was it John, uh, John 316? Is that the one where it says, accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Was that the one? No, it's not, right? Or is that the one where he says that? Jesus, man. John 316 is, um, he gave his only son, right? For yes. God so loved the world. Yeah, loved so. the world. He gave his only son. Excuse me as and, I got my so, cannons mixed up. <laughs> oh, you fine. And so, so I was just having a conversation with a friend, with co host on my podcast the other day. You know, off mic because you know we do talk off mic, <laughs> and uh, and we're talking about and I mentioned something I said something about exegesis and and she goes what now and sometimes even all I'm all these years removed from professional ministry and sometimes I still forget how little ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people actually know about religion. And about study of any holy text, holy, right? I mean, uh, who said it was holy? Well, the text, right? And you can't use the proof as the claim, right? <laughs> um, so, or you can't use the claim as the proof. So, and I was talking about the 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 hermeneutical circle and the and the the exeg and how to exegete the scripture and and how you because there's someone that's recently been on my podcast that that is. A psychotherapist they've done a lot of energy work and stuff like that and this person has like quote 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 unquote found jesus and they've like bailed on everything they knew and, and not just bailed but said i was deceived it's of the devil it's you know i was like whoa and i had her on my podcast not too long ago and and they were citing all these bible verses and i'm looking at it going this is the way that most people read Whatever holy text they choose to read, whether it be the Bible, the Quran, you know, the the Talmud, the Bhagavad Gita, whatever you read, um, that as your holy book, if you have one, and you look at it with through your own bias, and that is completely the absolute wrong place to even begin approaching a text like that of any kind. <laughs> you know, you can't you can't look at it through your eyes. That's that's the end. That's the completion of the of the hermeneutical circle, right? You have to you have to first understand who was the writer. And I'm talking like every single fucking verse, chapter, book, however that text is organized. You have to first consider who's the author, who's their audience, what's happening in the world that is shaping their perspective, what are they writing about? What does it mean for the people that it was written for? What's, you know, oh, okay, and, and that's just the tip of the iceberg then, right? We have to go and go, okay, well, what biases does it obviously appear that the writer has based on their other writings that we have? And all these things, and based on all that shit, you can go, okay, here is, relatively speaking, the best that we can come up with. 
what the writer was actually saying to the audience that it was written for. In their language. In their language, in their time, in their culture, in their time. And after all of that, what, if any, meaning does that have or does that or, or application does that have to me? And that's like the end of it, right? You have to fucking understand. Like, people throw up the book of Revelation all the time. The book of Revelation is a extended metaphor for the evils of the Roman Empire. has nothing to fucking do with end times. Nero. Period. He talks about Nero. 666 is Nero. Yeah, Nero Kaisamar. Yeah, and there's all kinds of, you mentioned numerology, there's all kinds of of, of, of numbers and, and, and symbolism that if you know anything about Rome at the time, it's clearly writing about the Roman Empire. But if you don't know anything about Rome at the time and how many governors there were and how many and how the government was set up, seven. then you look there yeah. were seven emperors. Then you Rome. look at it and go, Oh, look at this shit. End times, bitch. No, you're just ignorant to the the context of the writing. And that's not and I get a little bit heated about that. And and that's that's a all these years, I'm so I'm almost two decades removed from any kind of church or professional ministry, and I still have like a hair trigger to get set off by someone spouting nonsense about the Bible or Scripture or any religion. And I go, really? You have completely misunderstood what this is. And, and it's hard for me not to be condescending sometimes, and that's not helpful to any kind of conversation to be condescending, right? So um, it's, it, it, it's hard not to be, but, but damn, at the same time. <laughs> right? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know what else to say. You're going to make just, me, you're going to make me do it, bro. You're going to make me do, do it. it. I can't, I can't. So of course, in some weird synchronistic way. <clears throat> and for those that don't know, that haven't listened to our previous episode. <laughs> Jeffrey here is an ex-evangelist. And the reason that we get into this heresy and these heretical things is because, number one, it's it's something that's always interested me. And number two, uh, these are questions that I'm sure a lot of people have oh, who yeah. are afraid to talk about. Oh, yeah. I had mentioned earlier John 3.16. And... First Corinthians three sixteen. It just so happens, and 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 I always have these weird synchronistic moments where, where what are the chances? One of the verses that is that's attributed to what the Gnostics believe and is questionable shit. Mm -hmm. The verse in it, in its you know in context is. Well, the, the, the verse is, uh, let me see how many versions, one, two, three, four, five, six, there's six different versions, right? But let's read the new international version. And it says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's, God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your, in your midst, right? In your, in your midst. midst mm -hmm. And then in its full context is you are God's temple, right? It, it, it if it. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as if though the flame, only as if through the flames. And it says, "Do you not know that you yourselves are God's temple, and that God, if anyone destroy God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you are that temple." And and that can be interpreted in a lot of different ways, right? Some people say, "Oh, what, what, is he saying that we are gods?" Right? What what verse is that again? <clears throat> 
1 Corinthians 3.16. Please open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 3.16. <laughs> you know why it's called 1 Corinthians? I feel like I'm fucking doing uh, some... some. My neighbor invited me to, to a, a, a Bible study group not long, uh, right. not long ago, and I was like, yeah, I'm not the... I'm not the guy. <laughs> I'm not the guy, bro. I'll, go, I'll start talking about the I'll book of Enoch, the, and they'll be like, what right? the fuck? <laughs> I'll ask the hard questions, but I'll go, right? <laughs> so, and the reason I bring this up was because, again, we're, we're, we're talking about these, these, these ideas of, of what, is, what does this all mean? What were the intentions? What was the set setting? The Old Testament is... is is questionable, right? Because in, in that series of, of texts, there seems to be a different type of, of God, right? Yahweh, if you will. And they say that he's a God of evil, right? A very jealous and righteous God who, you know, there's no one above me and there's no one like me, right? So people attribute that to him being the Demiurge. the the, hmm. And also the, the book of Chronicles, right? Kronos, which we can attribute to Saturn and and the whole idea that the demiurge is Saturn and the Satan archetype Moloch. And yeah, it's, it's very interesting, but that was one of the texts I had been reflecting on as of lately in my in my divings of heresy, if you will. <laughs> and I just thought it was interesting that it was 316 as well as John 316 because mm -hmm. I got told Today on, on, on some... Everybody on, on YouTube is mean to me, so... <laughs> wasn't mean to you. Don't be mean to me. So, <clears throat> mind you, that a lot of the guys, to touch on the subject of we don't know what the origins of certain things are, a lot of the guys that contribute to the philosophical workings and studies of, of everything since we've known from the very beginning, a lot of those guys, the reason... And it can relate to King Solomon, right? Because he wanted wisdom. He wanted knowledge. Mm. The reason these guys d dive into the occult and, and do these, these occultic practices is because they want to step it up <clears throat> that much further. A lot of these guys were Rosicrucians. They say that Francis Bacon and all these guys that, that helped and contributed to the, the writing of the Bible, they mm. put rosicrucian symbols within the bible because again the golden ratio when the egyptians came up with it the reason that they incorporated and 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 incorporated that ratio and everything that they did was so that they would always have something of the source or the god within everything that they did so they would incorporate that golden ratio in everything that they did this is what sacred geometry has to do that's why mm -hmm. i wear a Metatron's cube pendant because energy flows through everything, right? Through the sacredness and it is all one, right? That, that, that's the whole thing. It's all one, you know, one for all. Was it all for one and one for all? Mm -hmm. So that's why to the Pythagoreans, monad, the one, one, the dot is so sacred to them because they mm. believe that this is where it all started and it gets very, very in-depth. And I'm writing a an, an episode of the sim symbolism of numbers um, according to the Pythagoreans. 
of, of one through 10, 10 being the most sacred number, right? And every single number has its own thing. And I want to come, I want to discuss one more uh, little snippet here uh, that has to do with what we're talking about, speaking on Yahweh and, and all this stuff. The Tesseract, right? Number four. Oh, shit. Right? <clears throat> the four or the Tesseract in Pythagorean thought was a symbol of intellect, and they referred to it as the holy number. Number mm. four, right? Isn't seven? Is seven, 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 right? So mm. the simple math addition, and, and mind you, Nikola Tesla, Galileo, Galileo said mathematics is the language in which God has written the universe. And we see this in the Torah and these, right, and, and these different religions. Nikola Tesla always said, if you only knew the magnificence of three, six, and nine, then you would have the key to the universe. So what the fuck did Nikola Tesla mean by that? So the number four, the Tesseract, which is a cube. Through the addition of 1 plus 2 plus 3 plus 4, and every single number has its own meaning, you have 10, 10 being the most sacred number. So the only way you're able to achieve 10 is with 4. So they called this number the, the little holy number, right? Mm. 4 carries with it the symbolism of the, the forces or powers in the universe by which the material world was brought into existence. And it gets into Orpheism and, and, and that origin story. <clears throat> oh, I don't know. But, I've never even heard that term. Yeah, so you can talk about Orpheism. the four elements of matter, earth, water, air, and fire. Mm -hmm. Four is also known as the Demiurge's number or the number of the mental or intellectual region of the universe. So they spoke about this supreme consciousness. According to the Kabbalah, the name of the deity responsible for the creation contains four letters or characters. These letters or characters are called in Hebrew the tetranomicon, the tetra, uh, tetragrammaton, I'm sorry, also known as the name for the national god of Israel. The form Yahweh is now accepted universally because there's no consensus about the structure and etymology of the name. This name appears in the Torah and the rest of the Hebrew Bible. The number four not only represents the elements, also represents the directions north, east, west, and south. The four sciences, mathematics, biology, social studies, and physical science. And when you open up a tesseract, it forms a cross. So it can also be interpreted in the form of a cross, the four arms of a cross, okay? So when the cross is the symbol of matter or materiality, it is a symbol of the body. It, it represents the world. Hence, that's why Christ was what? Crucified on a cross. Okay. And you got to remember that all these guys back then, they all use symbols. They all use symbols. So when you see the things that they do, whether it be the Bible or, or any secret society, what they've always regarded numbers as this sacred thing, just like the, the Pythagoreans it, to them, it was this enigmatic thing that they used to achieve and, and receive wisdom or knowledge. And the Pythagoreans believe that man has four powers in which he can use to orient himself in this material realm. Okay. Hmm. That's just the number four, bro. <laughs> That's just the number four. Okay. And you see how deep that can get. 
And it goes way further than that, right? We talk about the, the different forces and equilibrium and, and these different ideas that they used back then. Now, was it a narrative fallacy to be able to understand the, the realities of, of nature? Perhaps, right? Perhaps it was. Because just like everything else, there's, a, there's this nihilistic side of me as well that sometimes I think about things and I go, maybe what if it's all bullshit? And what if none of it matters? The matrix isn't real. And we're just here just to exist, right? How much of it is that? What if, you know, when you look at a shape and you know, when you're in your room in the dark and you look at a shape and it makes something that's got a name and it's your mind trying to comprehend what it's looking at. So it'll, you know, it'll form whatever your mind can, can comprehend to be able to understand it. Really? Yeah. But then it's like how much of it is truly metaphysical, dude. If people truly understood the concept of, quantum computing and what quantum computing consists of you go there's no fucking way that that is real there's no way that that is something it's magic bro it's at the end of the fucking day it's if you read and try to comprehend what quantum physics it's meta it's it's the metaphysics it's that's that's there's no if ands or buts about it the guy who created the the binary code in which we use in computers, right? The ones and zeros. Even he understood the fact. Mind you, Rosicrucian. All these guys are really? Rosicrucian. Isaac Newton, Rosicrucian. Right? Really? All these guys. Yes. Huh. He understood. And, and their whole thing was always what? To be able to find the source. God, the one. The Godhead that everybody tries to reach at the end of the day, if there even is one. And I don't know yeah. if that's a a product of being a man, right? Of being men, of of wanting to what build that tower of Babel to be able to reach certain heights, right? And what what was the whole thing with the Tower of Babel? It was like, oh well, when when man puts his mind to something, he'll he'll get it done, right? Right? He'll get it. So we have to stop this, right? What do we have today? We have all these technological technological towers of Babels. What the fuck are they doing at CERN, bro? Oh, dude, I, I wonder what percentage of people know that CERN exists, and and that <clears throat> the most destructive force we've ever produced in our species history it is right there at. <laughs> They have a statue of Shiva in the front. I know, isn't that weird? When when he's doing his his her or her, I believe it's a her when they're doing the the I think it's the the dance of war or some shit. So check this out <clears throat> on the on on this thought. China tested a fractional orbital bombardment system that uses a hypersonic glide vehicle. I just heard that. That came out the other day, and then today, China's claim that its fractional orbital bombardment system was a space plane test doesn't add up. That was the that was the. <sighs> we have talks of you, you mentioned the Book of Revelation, and and, and you have talks of there of, of wormwood, which is is another right. another questionable thing, right? Where it's like, 
Is Wormwood a <clears throat> an asteroid? Is it Nibiru, the tenth planet that's gonna come in and crash with ours? Like, what is all that about? You know what I mean? There is so here. Here's the funny thing. Like, the more you learn, and I don't care what it's about, religion, science, astrophysics, microbiology, human nature, whatever, whatever you know, art, whatever it is that you, the more you learn, I think there has to be a time it's in that journey that you hopefully, God, I hope people do this, take a step back at some point and go, you know what? The more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. And the more I realize I don't know, the more I realize that it's not that there's a lot that I don't know. It's that I don't know anything in the scope of everything. <laughs> and, and, excuse me, and if, once you realize that no one knows anything about everything, then that means that all bets are off. And reality could be something massively different than we even think we comprehend. And to say that it's one thing when it's clear that it has a chance to be many things is an adventure in missing the point, in my opinion. Because the second you say, oh, I know what is, I know what, the, what, what reality is, I know what God is, I know what we are, I know what I am. The second you say those things, your brain just shuts the fuck off, in my opinion. And you don't stop, you, you don't continue thinking, but w- what if? And, and religion, I, I think I said it in our last episode here on your show, is religion, unfortunately, more times than not, in my opinion, is a crutch that makes you turn your fucking brain off. And I get it. I truly understand why people do it. Because the alternative is scary as fuck. What's the alternative? Admitting that you don't know, that, that, that you have absolutely no relative direction in space and time. Because there may not actually be a relative direction in space and time. Time may be completely a construct of the human experience. It's a possibility. There's some theoretical math that supports it, right? To accept that you are you have no direction at all other than what you choose to set yourself on is scary to a lot of people. It's fucking liberating to me, but that's because of the journey that I've walked, and I, that's the place that I've come to. And so I understand why religion is attractive to so many people. Because the alternative of, and I'm not saying, let me be clear, I'm not saying that I'm saying that, that, that I believe the alternative is nothingness. I think there's plenty of evidence to say that whatever the hell reality is, it's definitely not nothing. <laughs> right? It's, it's, I think it's way more than we mm-hmm. th- think that it is. Yep. And I think that just putting it in this little box of whatever your religion says that it is, is a massively, is a massive disservice to what you could be, what we could be 
and what we could plug into and be a part of. You know, and and, and I, I'm in my brain. I'm making. I'm saying things that are. I'm like catching things as they run through my brain, and I'm like trying not to latch onto them, and I'm just making them very vague things that I could go into detail about all the things that ran through my head right there in that last thirty seconds, but I won't. <laughs> and and I just think I, I again I get it. I get why people latch on to religion because it gives comfort and security, albeit false, in my opinion, to an uncertain existence. I understand why it's attractive, but I just don't think we're going to solve it. I think we're going to deal with the same fucking shit. We're going to kill each other over differences of opinion. We're going to go to war over resources and religion. And we're going to do all we're going to hate each other because of petty differences. And I think it's going to persist unless we rise up in awareness and in uh, existence of what we truly are, which is way more than just humans being. <laughs> and <laughs> I, until we do, we're just going to fight the same fucking battles over and over and over, I think, I or yeah. I surmise. No, I agree with you on that. That's why they say history doesn't repeat. Itself. It often yeah. rhymes. It often rhymes. So... And and uh, to quote Socrates, as for me, all I know is that I know nothing. Right. And 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 that's not a scary thing, right? For anyone that's listening, that's like you know, you there, there's there, there's there's a term for it. There's it's called existential angst, right? When you when you come to the realization that you know nothing, that everything you thought you knew is just either totally false or just scratching the surface of what is in its entirety, there's a the paralyzing fear that grips you in that moment is what's called existential angst. And it is scary as fuck. I went through it. I went through a, a extended period of it when I thought I had it all figured out, my life direction. I was a professional minister and evangelist and so on and so forth. And it was, you know, I's were dotted, T's were crossed, and off we go. And to have that all fall apart around me, despite my efforts to hold it together for a good long while, was scary. And I wouldn't, I used to say I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, but I actually would wish it on my best friend. Because I think it's liberating. And you can't free yourself to the possibility of what could be reality until you let go of what you assume is reality. I mean, you, yeah, I, I almost just went off on another ramp, <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's, it's scary, but it's freeing if you will entertain it. And a lot of folks won't, and I get it, and that's what religion does for people. It gives them, it gives them their binky, right? It gives them their, their safety blanket. And I'm not, I'm not belittling that. I'm really not. It's, it's, it's not for me, anymore. Um, but I get. I don't think it makes you a bad person if that's where you find yourself. Just going. I want my, my neat little world, my neat little existence, and my neat little, this and that. And I know what I know, and that's all that I need. And, and everything if that's you, is blue for you. You know that song. I, <laughs> 
<laughs> and and if if that's where you are, I don't think it makes you a bad person. It's just I don't think it's going to solve any problems. Yeah, if if anything, it agitates, right? The 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 construct that we find ourselves in, <laughs> or at least Be, perpetuates it, right? Because you 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 talked about about having these thoughts flying by and you grasping them. Plato talked about that, right? The theory of forms where oh, yeah. this world is full of imperfect forms of the perfect form that is actually like another dimension pretty much is what, form of the good. what he, yeah. yeah, exactly what, what he talked about. And even just, even just that idea, when you have an idea that comes and pops into your head, what is, what is that even, you know what I mean? Oh, like what, what, yep. it's like they exist in this ether and you're able to tap into it. And, we we're, we're on a podcast that we can talk, right? I didn't know we could talk on podcasts, but what are we doing right now, bro? We, we are flapping these meat sacks that are in our throat to yeah. be able to convey a message through sound, through words that like none of bro, none of this is real, bro. This is this is this is like some horror movie, you know what I mean? Like it's just like some weird thing that just exi- like it's the craziest thing and where it I don't, might be real i don't think we'll ever know the truth is the problem dude like for as much as because all the guys who have been onto things heretical right that's just another another man you're gonna make me fucking bring up some more pythagorean so <laughs> And we'll, we'll we'll wrap up on this point because because there's so many ways and so many different things we can talk about. Oh yeah, and so the number two or the duad, it is regarded as an ill number. Two represents things in which differences are to be noted. Right. It is the number of illusions because difference it, it is the number of illusion because difference is illusionary. It is the number of ignorance because illusion, the illusion of separateness, is the root of ignorance. Hello. Ignorance is transformed into wisdom only once unity is brought out of division. Okay. Hmm. So chaos is related to the duad. And the cosmos is related to the monad. So it's almost like the logos for the Stoics is this being that has its own intellect. And for the Christians, the logos is very intimate, right? It is a one-on-one versus the Stoics that believe that it was something that you couldn't control. It was just fate. And mind you, what Carl Jung says is as long, uh, until, you bring, uh, until you bring the subconscious to the conscious, you will call it fate and let it rule over your life. Something like paraphrasing it. So hmm. the cosmos is related to the monad, right? The one, this, this being that has its own consciousness, the universe regarded as an orderly or harmonious whole. That's what the monad is. Essential difference needs to be accepted by the mind to the appearance of difference, right? This brings forth what comparison, 
where we are tempted to elevate things above each other to try and understand the concept of what is good without trying to overcome the primary evil of division. This is where we get hierarchy, right? We are always forced to compare things with one another. There is no such thing as good and evil. There is only one which is best, which is perfect, right? The monad. It cannot be elevated to a higher sense or a higher being. This is why they regarded the one because you can't go, you can't break it down. You can break down two into one, right? But one, you can't break it down. Mm -hmm. So it's perfect, right? Mm. So in Pythagorean thought, elevation is motion towards unity. Things divided can be, cannot be supreme because of imbalance. Mm. So what I just finished saying, the duad being a symbol of separation drives man from the truth, leading us to the concept of intervals. Where there are intervals or distance, duad is inevitable. Inevitable. It cannot be avoided. Interval, intervals become the great abyss that man must overcome to achieve restoration and a universal space. To be divided from God is to exist in a space of separation from reality. And say, say that last part again. Intervals, so distance, become the great abyss that man must overcome to achieve restoration in a universal space. To be divided from God is to exist in a space of separation from reality. Mind you, God being the source, not necessarily the capital G right, God, but, some religion, but yeah. yeah, a consciousness is pretty much. And, and this shit is very deep. Mind you, when I'm researching and looking into these things, I said, this is way above my pay grade. Okay. This type of shit, this philosophy is is so up there but you don't see this being talked about today no not at all this concept of what hierarchy this is what hierarchy does to people to the human psyche right what do we have in society today hierarchies yeah what makes you a better man than me and vice versa nothing your social status of how much fiat currency you have in your bank account your possessions, your house is bigger than mine. So automatically he must be better off. So this leads us to comparison, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, that, that <laughs> uh, at the risk of starting a whole new conversation, which we can table till next time. That's, that's one of the reasons that I have a big problem with, with dualistic thought is, you know, it doesn't feel right to me and I can, I'm not saying that I'm right or accurate, but it doesn't feel right to me that something, something doesn't exist without an opposite, right? That beauty doesn't exist. You watch Full Metal Alchemist? No, I haven't. So one of the things there is uh, the, the concept of equal exchange. So whatever you take, you have to give something of equal Okay. Or less value, right? And and the format alchemist is an anime. Okay. I don't know if you've seen it. It's it's got to do no. with alchemy, obviously. But but yeah, they talk about that the 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 law of equivalent exchange, which how you're saying in order in the universe for you to have something, you need to be able to give something up because it can't just happen, right? Energy can only be transformed. It can't be destroyed or or right. or you know what I mean? The, was that the second law, or third law of thermodynamics? Right. 
So I forget which which number it is, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of those, one of, one of those, it's one of them. <laughs> a, a concept, a concept that some guy in the year fucking three hundred or six hundred, whatever it is, came up with that we're using today. How wild is that, right? You know, and there's so much that shit, right? I mean, we, we, every world religion, you know, many scientific advancements, you know, uh, rocketry and uh, you know, uh, physics and mathematics is it's so. What did I tell you? The sciences and all those guys, they use occult means to be able to to achieve that. Now, I'm not saying that you need to dive into the occult to earn wisdom, but this is what those guys back then believed. They believed that through the worship, uh, you know, it's a form of worship because it's set in intention. It's magic. They're able to tap into, and a lot of the guys of monumental and these huge movements were part of secret societies that traces back to the ancient mystery schools of Mesopotamia, ancient Egypt, all these guys that were learning the, the knowledge that only the high priests knew about, right? Mm. That how the fuck did they attain it? Sure beats me, but I don't know how. And we'll wrap up on this. Even though I talk about Pythagoras, you have to understand that this guy talked about you couldn't eat beans because it resembled a human fetus. So if you were to eat beans, you were committing cannibalism. Yes. No shit. uh, Pythagoras practiced divination. They, he could, he was regarded to be able to predict future events, to be able to talk to animals. And the origin, the story of origin for Pythagoras reflects that of Jesus Christ. There was an oracle who, he was brought up through Immaculate Conception, and there was an oracle who told him that he was going to be this Messiah who was destined for great things. So, mind you, again, I'm writing an episode about that, but... There's a lot of different things, and 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 we'll end it on that note because this shit. That's why I love having conversations with you, Jeff, because they they get deep, right? They, they I love we, it. We're asking you said these hard questions that a lot of people don't ask, or a lot of people don't even fucking care about. Some people go, "This is fucking stupid." And they turn this shit off. I had some other guy comment on on a YouTube video. They said, "What the fuck is this shit?" <laughs> no shit. It's like I go, hey. But- you know, you're entitled to your opinion how I'm entitled right. to mine. I, I want to be a scholar. I want to learn, right? I want to dive deeper into the origins of, of everything. And, and if that means breaking it apart piece by piece yep. and and listening to others that their knowledge, in, in the, I, th- I believe it's in the Bible, it says be weary of unearned wisdom, or I think that was a philosophy. Somebody said that shit. But it falls into that idea that, not everything can be the devil, dude. You know, just because some guy right. knows some shit that is against the grain doesn't always mean the devil, right? Galileo was excommunicated and exiled and pretty much crucified in in in, in, in the literal sense for believing that the Earth orbited around the sun, right? And that says a lot because at the end of the day, he was he was right. And that was heresy back then. And anytime you go against the status quo, and the status quo being not just the societal norm, but the way in which control is enacted over over people, right? When you go against that status quo, it's going to be 
demonized and suppressed that it always yeah. has been. It always will be. And just because you're going against the status quo doesn't make it wrong or, or excuse me, that doesn't make it right. But going but just because it's not the status quo doesn't make it wrong either. I think it's worthy of discussion at the very minimum. Absolutely. And quantum physics, quantum entanglement says that if yeah. I affect an atom here, I'm affecting an atom on the other side of the fucking universe. Okay. That's, so this ancient Hindu, right? <laughs> we have as, yeah. as above, so below. Exactly. The macrocosm and microcosm. So yeah. Jeff, whenever you want to come on, dude, you can always hit me up. Oh, I always man. love having these deep conversations. Not everybody can can hang, right? I think I blew your mind a little bit in the beginning there with, with King James. Uh, oh this. yeah, I was loving it, dude. I love my mind being blown. As 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 usual, I have my trusty notebook. Right, I'm I'm writing. Anytime I, my eyes are looking down, I'm like jotting furiously. You know, shit to look up later. Because and and, and and like I tell people, I I my friend told me he's like, bro, you're probably one of the smartest people. I know. No, no, don't. I'm not. I I just I remember things and a lot of the things. Even though this is could be labeled as a conspiracy podcast, a lot of the things I say are history. Yes. And, and, and actual fact, uh, a lot of things are open for interpretation, just how everything else is in life. Sure. But some of the things such as history, you can't change unless we're in Orwell's 1984, which they change history real time. But yeah. And I encourage people to look these things are, up and, and, and <laughs> I don't know, probably <laughs> I, I encourage people to look things up and, and take the dive yourself. Right. Uh, look, yeah. look at things from a different perspective and, and I welcome you. If I, I'll, I'll usually I'll come on and I'll correct myself if I say something that's incorrect. That again, through just the 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 plethora of of, of content that I'm just receiving and, and processing, I'll get mixed up, and I'll say something sure. wrong. I'll come on the show and I'll correct myself. Right. So, and I said, feel free to 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 email me and let me know what you think if I said anything wrong, whatever. But again, look this shit up. It, it's it's out there. It's knowledge that, unt- for for the time being, is available, right? And yep. by that I mean for the time being until some shit happens. Okay, right. So, uh, one more time for the listeners, Jeff. Well, where can they find your work? And I'll post that in the description notes as well. Me personally at Hey Jeffrey Davis everywhere, Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, everything, Instagram. TikTok and uh, my podcast, The Functionally Dysfunctional Show, where we talk about all kinds of shit just like this. Um, and uh, that can be found everywhere at Funk Dysfunct Show. Yeah. And like I said, make sure to show him some love and go listen to my episode on there that I did with him. Absolutely. Where I, just, I go it on an hour long rant on Gnosticism. It's awesome. <laughs> I mean, there's, I, I love that. I love conversations where I actually don't speak much except to go, Hmm. Really? You write this shit down. What now? (laughs) Let me jot that down. Yeah, I love that shit. And then just ask follow-up questions. I love that shit. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate you coming on, man. (laughs) 